Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I am Pam Barnhill, and I am here today with our special guest host for the season, Miss Colleen Kessler. Hey, Colleen. Hi, Pam. How are you doing? I am doing fabulous today because it's one of my favorite times of year. It's fall, and in the fall, we have lovely leaves and pumpkin spice everything, and tickets for the homeschool convention go on sale. And this is exciting this year because I don't have to buy a ticket. I am super stoked. I am going to be speaking at all five of the great homeschool conventions next year. I'm so excited to get out there and see everybody. And I'm so excited to get to see you. Yay, so am I. I've spoken at the Great Homeschool Convention the last two years, and this will be my third year with them. And I'm so thrilled that I get to see you at every single one of them this year. We are going to have a ton of fun getting out there to meet homeschool moms and chat with them and get to speak. It's going to be fabulous. So all of that because we have a very special guest on today. Tell us a little bit about her. Well, Mary Jo Dean is the founder of the Great Homeschool Conventions and a homeschool mom herself and really, really a cool person to talk to. She's fascinating and she's brilliant and she just has a heart for getting homeschool families ready to do homeschooling in the best possible way. Okay, I'm excited about this because I just can't even fathom that's a huge undertaking. And the fact that they're serving homeschool families in this way is such a blessing for so many of us. So I am excited about this interview and we'll get on with it right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast is brought to you by Maestro Classics. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s, which start at just $9.98. Order today and save 17% with the coupon code PAM. Add classical music to your homeschool with Maestro Classics CDs, MP3s, and activity books. These nationally recognized recordings feature engaging storytellers with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Choose from a dozen titles, including Carnival of the Animals, My Name is Handel, The Story of Water Music, and Peter and the Wolf. Each CD and MP3 includes a 24-page activity book with illustrations, puzzles, games, and fun facts for kids. At maestroclassics.com, you can download free printables and curriculum guides to supplement each recording and combine classical music with other school subjects. All CDs and MP3s contain educational tracks which explain how the music was made, who the composer was, the history and story behind the music, the instruments used by the orchestra, and most importantly, how to listen. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s. They start at just $9.98. As a Homeschool Snapshots listener, you can save 17% off your order today with coupon code PAM. Learn more at maestroclassics.com. That's maestro, spelled M-A-E, S-T-R-O-Classics.com, where the best classical music curriculum awaits your homeschool.
Mary Jo Dean is a homeschool mom of three grown children, Spencer, 25, Sawyer, 23, and Annie, 19. She is married to the love of her life, Brennan, and lives in the great state of Ohio. Mary Jo homeschooled for 14 years and says that the days were sometimes long, but the years were way too short. It wasn't always easy, but it was so worth it. Ten years ago, Mary Jo and her husband Brennan founded the Great Homeschool Conventions and now produce five annual GHC events across the country. Mary Jo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Colleen. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because I've had the chance to get to know you over the last couple of years. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again in just a few months back on the road. So it's fun to get to talk to you in this way. Yes. Well, thank you. I always enjoy talking to you and your son. And (laughs) just so thankful that you will be back with us next year at all five of our conventions. Yeah, it's a hoot. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, before we get into GHC stuff, will you tell the listeners a little bit about you and your family? Like Colleen said, my name is Mary Jo Dean. I was born in Kentucky. I am number six of eight children. I am married to um, Brennan Dean, the amazing Brennan Dean. Let me say that. Uh, We celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary in June. We have three wonderful children. Spencer, who just got married in June. He also just graduated from the University of Cincinnati with a bachelor's in science. And Sawyer is 23. He just graduated from Miami University, Oxford, Ohio, where he played football for them. And he'll be attending law school next fall. My Annie Boo, she is 19 and she's a sophomore at Cincinnati Christian University where she plays soccer. That's great. And yeah, I've had a chance to meet Annie. She's such a sweetheart. Is this her first year at Cincinnati or is this going to be, is she going up to her sophomore or her junior year? She's a sophomore this year. Okay, that's exciting. She's super sweet. And congratulations too on the marriage of your son and your anniversary. What an accomplishment. Yes, I got another daughter in June when my son married a Jesse, and we are just so blessed. She is such a godly young woman and just perfect for my son. And yeah, so another daughter, another year of marriage, 27 years. Man, that time has just flown by. Wow, it does. Like you said, you know, the years go by really, really quickly. The days can be long, but those years, they just fly by. So thinking back to, you were a homeschool mom, so thinking back, well, you still are, but when you were in the trenches, what prompted you to make that decision? Because back then, I mean, your kids are grown. So back then it was probably even, you know, more different than it is now. What was, how did you start that? What made you decide to homeschool? Well, there were several reasons. One of the main reasons was we wanted our children to have a solid Christian education. We couldn't afford a Christian school at the time. So we decided to homeschool. Also, Brennan was traveling. He was promoting Christian concerts. So he would leave sometimes on Thursday, Friday morning and be gone in the weekend. Spencer, my oldest, actually went to kindergarten. So Spencer would go to kindergarten Monday through Friday and then Brennan would be gone on the weekend. So we felt it more important that our children have the influence of their father than of their peers. So we started homeschooling and I just remember my mother saying, you know, my sisters, what are you doing? You know, it was just so different back then than it is now. It's, I think it was popular back then, but nothing, nothing like it is now. That's so interesting. And I can see that too. That would be so hard to, you know, not see your dad all week, really, because 
kids get so tied up into their school, it just becomes really their identity. And then to not have that influence on the weekend, what a courageous choice to make too for that. Yes, it was scary because like I said, I didn't really have the support of my family. I did my husband, of course. I couldn't have done it without Brennan. And I am one of the fortunate women who, you know, I have my husband, you know, behind me, cheering me on, encouraging me, helping me out, you know, and I know that a lot of, you know, women don't necessarily have the support that I have with my husband. So I was just very fortunate to have him. And then two of my sisters started homeschooling shortly after that. So it kind of, you know, I kind of started like a little trend in the family. <laughs> so kind of like a little pioneer in my family. And it, you know, it wasn't as easy as it is today. I think today mm-hmm. homeschool moms have so, so much. And back then we were a little, just a little more limited than today. Yeah. I say often to people that when they ask about homeschooling, those who still don't know much about it, that we have to actively choose what we're not going to do in order to get like some school stuff done because there's so many options out there available to us that we're really, really blessed right now in the homeschooling world. It's amazing. Technology is a wonderful thing. (laughs) Yes, it sure is. Okay, so I have a, a fun question for you. Thinking back on your homeschool days, those days with two boys and a little girl under the roof, what literary classic were your days most like? I would say it would have to be more like a children's classic series. And one of our favorites was Henry Huggins with, uh, from Beverly Cleary. It was a series that Brennan actually grew up with, and his mother gave me his books. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Henry Huggins mm-hmm. or not. Yes, I but, love Beverly um, Cleary. It was just, my kids grew up with that. And it was just, you know, Henry would go about his day just to do an ordinary thing and always ended up not going as he had planned and always had an adventure. And it just seemed to be the common thread with Henry and my homeschooling day. You know, I had the two little boys and of course they were little boys and Annie was tiny and it just seemed like we were, this was what we were going to do today. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling very, very well. (laughs) If you were in, at one of your own conventions and you turned the corner and you walked into that young Mary Jo, you know, a newer homeschool mom. And I know that the conventions weren't like they are now back then, even if there were any. But what would you say to her? What would you say to the young you just starting homeschooling if you had a chance to go back in time? I think I would tell me to breathe because like most homeschool moms, we're always afraid that our kids are not getting what they need. I know, especially in those early years, I would just cover every day with prayer. And I just it just seems like every day I would just put my head on the pillow at night and just ask God for forgiveness for not doing, you know, better with my children and not finishing the book that we were supposed to finish and you know, God, if you give me one more day, I promise that I would be, you know, I'll be a better teacher or, you know, something like that. But then, you know, that was the time that I forgot that hey, you know, God is in control. He knows my children. I've covered them in prayer. I've done my best. And he is faithful. And, you know, and I can look back on those hard, hard days. And I can look back now, two sons graduated from college, one very successful in his field and one heading off to law school next year. My daughter, a sophomore in college, her heart is to help special needs children. She's going to be a special needs teacher. And I can look back and say, you know, 
yeah, I had tons and tons of flaws, but God is faithful. And he blessed, you know, my efforts as meager as they were, he blessed. And that I would tell myself just to breathe and just cover it in prayer and just do your best. I love that. And it's so important that we continue to tell young homeschool moms that, right? There are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. But you're the best mom for your kid. You're doing absolutely everything that they need. And God wouldn't have led you down that path if you weren't already completely equipped to do it. Right, right. And he is faithful and he's good. Absolutely. I want to, I'm going to tweak this question because I want to ask you, you have, your kids are, they're grown, but they're not completely grown, right? You know, there's one of them starting his life with his wife and two are still going to school. If you were to look back on all the years after all of your kids are kind of like grown into their own lives, what would you consider your biggest measure of success? So filling in this blank, if your children, if your grown children blank, you will feel that you've succeeded as a homeschool mom. I think if they had a heart after God, I think I would have succeeded. I know it's not what a lot of people like to hear because, you know, homeschoolers, we like academics, we like our kids to succeed in their fields and so forth. But, you know, all that's going to not matter. I think what I feel and what I pray for is that my children have a heart for God. And, you know, my favorite character in the Bible is David. And you just look at David's life and you think, wow, God used this man who, you know, wasn't always on the up and up. You know, he failed, but he was a man after God's own heart. And that is what, how I would measure my children to be successful. My son who's married is serving God and his church and just a wonderful, wonderful, godly young man. My middle son, very active in school as far as Christian organizations and stuff in my daughter. And I just pray that they just continue to have that heart for God. That's great. And so important that, you know, again, that character being more important than academics. If I were to ask your kids individually or together collectively to look back on their homeschooling years, what do you think they would say was the best part and the worst part of being homeschooled? It's so funny because just last week, I was talking to my kids about homeschooling and I actually asked them, what could I have done better? And what did they like the best? And it's really funny because my middle son who thinks questions like that are, you know, we just really don't need questions like that because what's done is done and, you know, I'm okay. He's the one that's going to be the attorney. Um, (laughs) But my oldest son, I asked him, I said, you know, what do you think? And he said, that he thought the social aspect of homeschooling was the worst, which I felt was kind of weird because he's so social. He is one of the most social people I've ever known in my life. He's very involved in his church. He has several groups of friends. Every night they're doing a small group somewhere. He's playing volleyball and soccer. I mean, he just does, he's just a very social person. But he felt like homeschooling was, or I'm sorry, that social, the social aspect of it was the worst. Now, his favorite part was the pace that he was able to go on his own, the schedule, the flexibility that he really liked the best because he totally excelled in math and science. And then, you know, reading, he kind of struggled with there in the early years, but 
kind of picked up in high school. And then Annie, you know, her favorite part was sleeping in and working at her own pace and flexibility, which I felt was really weird because when I asked them, I asked them separately. I sent them a group text last week and she just said, that was it. And and I think it's really weird that I was asked to be on the, the podcast and then this came up and we were talking and so forth. But she said the worst part was uh, limited sports. She is an athlete and she felt like she didn't have a quote high school experience. And I'm not sure what she meant. And I, I asked her what she meant about that. She goes, well, you know, and I'm like, well, no, I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know if she needed to find a worst thing and couldn't think of anything else <laughs> and just said that. But, uh, and again, she is very social. She is a, just a wonderful young lady and she's very social. So, you know, just talking with both of them in a, we actually were in a group text, me and the, the three kids last week. And it's funny that they both said the same thing, but yeah. as far as flexibility and working on your own pace and my kids were all independent learners. They would learn differently, but once they knew it, they would just go with it. They liked being told what to do and then being able to work on their own pace. So, yeah, I think that that working on their own pace is was their their favorite. I think that that's something a lot of homeschoolers, both the kids and the adults, come to find as they let go. I think there's an evolution, you know in a homeschooling life, the homeschooler's life from that, you know, trying to control everything when you're first starting out and you don't know what you're doing to kind of letting things go. And eventually, I think that everybody falls into that pace. I think that that is one of the beauties of homeschooling. You can go at your own pace, whether it is one that needs to be a little slowed down or one that can be accelerated in certain areas. It's great that both of your kids recognize that. Right, right. Two of your kids, the two you were talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My middle son was just like a you know, but he is, and that's the other thing about homeschooling, you know, people are, you know, and, and Brennan and I talk about this all the time, you know, people worry about the social aspect of a homeschooler and, and Brennan and I talk about the socializing of homeschoolers because that, that is always asked. I don't care who you are and I don't care who your children are. You know, people are concerned about their social skills. My oldest and my youngest are very social. They never meet a stranger. They just love being in part, you know, going to parties and groups and church and small groups. They love it. My middle son is an introvert. He would just as soon, you know, stay at home as to go to a party or, you know, he's very selective of what he does, but he's an introvert. And they came from the same parents, you know, (laughs) the same environment, and they are different. So I don't think being a homeschooler makes you an introvert. I just think kids are introverts or they're, you know, or they're not. And, you know, being homeschooled doesn't necessarily have a factor on that, I think. I agree. I think that what homeschooling does is let you be whoever it is you are meant to be without the outside pressures of trying to conform to what others think you should be. All right. So, We're going to shift gears a little bit here because I have a question. You were this, you know, homeschool mom and you had your three kids growing up, but you've been doing this homeschool convention for a decade or a little bit more probably with all the planning and things that go into it before you even launch the beginning of it. What inspired you to start the great homeschool conventions? Well, there were a couple of things. Brandon and I just really felt like the homeschoolers here in Cincinnati were not being served. We had gone to a couple homeschool conventions out around and we thought it very odd that children were not allowed 
at the convention. And Brennan's just said, Brennan's like, well, that's, you know, who we are. Not that we are our children or our children are us, but we are homeschoolers. The kids should be able to come and, you know, look at the curriculum and, and look at different things and experience it and get out of the house. You know, that typical stereotype that homeschool kids never get out of the house. Uh-huh. But, and the speakers were, and I don't want to be negative or anything, but we just felt like there could be different speakers on different topics and so forth. And with Brennan's background promoting Christian concerts, Brennan used to promote Christian concerts all over the country. And we just felt like we could do something here in Cincinnati. And we started off in a church. And by the second year, we had just the church. We just blew the, the doors uh, the doors off the church with so many people. So the third year, we went down to the Duke Energy Center and we took just half of it. And then by the fourth year, we had the entire Duke Energy Center. And now we are one of the largest conventions in Cincinnati and we generate over a million dollars of revenue for the city just in that three-day weekend. Wow, that's amazing and so inspiring. And the, the thing is, it's just such a great testimony for the people who work at the Duke Energy Center and for the city of Cincinnati. I've been working with these people now for 10 years. And for the most part, it's the same people. Some have gone and some have come, but the people in charge have been the same. And they love, they look forward to this convention coming every year. And we, they have just treated us so well. They love seeing the families there. They love when we come. I think it's just a breath of fresh air for them when we are there. And, you know, they just welcome us with open arms. That's great. Great homeschool conventions. The Cincinnati event was my first homeschool convention ever when we first pulled our son out of school. My husband and I, both teachers by background, were floundering and we heard about this event somewhere in Ohio because we're in Ohio too and drove (laughs) out there and we were just blown away by what we felt was the smashing of all stereotypes because you can walk into that convention hall, that vendor hall, and even back then now, that was six and a half, seven years ago, you saw people that looked like everybody. You know, there was no one type of homeschooler there and it was so encouraging and so empowering and amazing, absolutely amazing to, you know, go from that to now being a part of it as a speaker. It's just been so gratifying and inspiring and wonderful. How would you say that the convention itself, the structure of it all has changed from the time you and Brennan first launched that first one to now when you're going into what your 11th year next year? Yes. Yes. I think probably what has changed a lot, what we try to do is bring in the best speakers that we possibly can find. And I think over the years, we have, in my opinion, had the best speakers that you can hear anywhere. We look and we research and we, you know, just, and in 2018, you know, Brennan and I were sitting and talking the other day and we're just sitting looking at our, our speaker lineup and we're just almost going, this is just amazing. We have the best speakers in the country. You know, and then that's the truth. And we're, it's not that we're bragging. We're just so fortunate to have found so many great speakers on so many different topics. And, and we try to listen to our attendees, what they need, what they want. We do a survey after every convention in all five cities. We will send out a survey saying, what do you need that, what need do you have that we're not meeting? And we try to, you know, we try to accommodate that, you know, and, So I think what separates us from other conventions are our speakers. I think that we have 
just to find or maybe refine the needs of homeschoolers with our classical track, our Charlotte Mason track, our parenting track. We have a special needs track, Homeschool 101, and the teen track. Our teen track, we have families who don't homeschool, but will bring their teens to our teen track because they feel like it is so needed. We have the top speakers, I feel, in the country coming to speak at our teen track. And we have people who don't homeschool, not necessarily interested in homeschooling, but we'll make sure that they bring teen track. That's just amazing. And I know that I'm inspired every time I see the lineup. There are people I want to go see speak every single year. And I'm trying to calculate how I can jump out of the vendor hall so I can go listen to someone (laughs) to inspire me. It is. It really is such a high caliber of speakers. And what I loved about what you just said, and I, I want to bring attention to and highlight this for listeners, is that fact that you do listen to your attendees. And so when the listeners here are thinking about attending the convention, which we really hope you do, you guys are listening to them. So when you see the table with GHC staff, go up and tell them what you loved or what you were missing and fill out those questionnaires. Because the truth is, that's what brought me to you guys. You you were told that people wanted to hear more gifted stuff and you reached out to me. And I just think that that's such a testament to the kinds of people you are and that you have working for you within the organization that you're actively looking to meet the needs of homeschoolers around the country. Right. And I think homeschooling, it is changing. You know, when I started 16 years ago now, you know, we didn't have the technology. We didn't have the, I think we had the encouragement, but nobody really cared what I wanted or what I needed. Maybe I didn't, you know, agree with this type of homeschooling or that type of homeschooling. And that's one of the things Brennan and I are very passionate about. We care about homeschoolers. I mean, Brennan just has such a heart for homeschooling parents and he just speaks everywhere he goes. Brennan, my husband has to work, as we say, for a living to support (laughs) our families. And then he and I do the homeschool convention, but everywhere he goes, he just says how amazing that homeschool parents are, the sacrifices that some of them, you know, have to give in order to homeschool and how just engaged in their children that they are. And we want to do everything that we can to help homeschoolers. We were in South Carolina, in Greenville, South Carolina at a convention about three years ago. And a woman came up and was talking to us they were at our convention on vacation. (laughs) And it just hit my husband like, you know, these people are sacrificing. So the dad has to take off work in order to come. So that's why we just try to, you know, we just, we just try to meet everyone's needs. Now, you know, in trying that we have thousands and thousands of people that come to our conventions, but we do listen and we do our best to make sure that your needs are being met, or at least we can point you in the right direction. Right. And that it's amazing to me. If you were to, to pull it into like a nutshell kind of statement, what would you say is the goal that you and Brennan and your, your staff have for the Great Homeschool Convention? Well, our motto is to encourage, to educate, and to equip homeschoolers. 
we want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. We want to educate the parents with our amazing speakers that we have speak on every subject. We want to help those parents, you know, learn a different way to teach their child if that's what their child needs or different ways that might help out in their homeschool. You know, like I said, encourage them, just keep on keeping on and then equip them. That's why we have such a large exhibit hall with all the curriculum that would just overwhelm anybody just walking in and looking at it. So that is our goal is just meet the needs of homeschoolers with those three things, encourage, educate, and equip. So what would you say to a new homeschool mom? Why does the new homeschool mom need to attend GHC? I think the new homeschool mom, I think there's, well, I know like with me when I was a new homeschool mom, I only knew what other people were telling me. I only knew certain curriculums of what I was being told or what happened to be at a convention that I was at. One of the things I tell a new homeschool mom is, you know, just just look at the lineup before. Try to have a plan of speakers before. When you walk into the vending hall, look first. Make notes of things that you liked about this curriculum, that you didn't like about that curriculum. I always like when they bring their children because the kids can actually put their hands on different curriculum, different books, and you can get kind of a a feel of this if it's going to work for your child or not. Like I said, the amazing speakers that we have, you know, just make a plan. And it's so funny because you can tell our seasoned homeschoolers, especially here in Cincinnati, because they're all my peeps, uh, (laughs) all my friends are in Cincinnati, and they come and they have a plan of action. They know what speakers they're going to hear, when they're going to hear them. They know what vendors they're going to go to first. And then they do that probably in the first day and a half. And then Saturday, they just enjoy themselves and they just walk through the vending hall and just laugh. And, you know, it's just amazing to see them. And so I try to encourage new homeschoolers just to take a breath. Don't worry about, you know, I got to get this now. And if I don't do this, I'm really going to mess my kid up. You You just have to go in and just look and then, you know, just really pray about it. And then maybe come back on Saturday and buy you know, the curriculum, but yeah, it's, you can't do everything. It's overwhelming. (laughs) So it definitely can be. So what about, you mentioned seasoned homeschool moms, but you mentioned them in the context of the seasoned homeschool moms who have been coming for years. And, you know, I know that I look forward to it even as a seasoned homeschool mom for new inspiration, but I've been going since kind of the beginning when I was new. What would you say to those seasoned homeschool moms who have been doing it, but maybe you know, are in an area where you're just bringing a convention to and haven't really attended a convention before or who have been thinking to themselves, eh, I've been doing this, I don't really need to go. What would you say is the biggest benefit that they could get out of it and why they should go still, even though they know what curriculum they're going to use or whatever? Well, even if you know what curriculum you're going to use, our speakers are just amazing. And for the price of our convention and the caliber of our speakers, it's just encouraging. It's just a breath of fresh air that sometimes, you know, you've been doing this 10 years, you've been doing this 12 years, and you kind of lost that little wind. And you come and you hear these speakers and they encourage you, they pray with you, they pray for you, and you just leave refreshed saying, yeah, I can finish this. I can finish this and I'll finish strong. And I think that we have so many speakers that are 
seasoned homeschoolers and we have the newer homeschoolers, if you will. But it's just encouraging. And it's encouraging not only to hear the speakers, but to be around other homeschool moms who might be going through the same thing. You know, homeschooling is hard. And you do have those days where, you know, you just feel like it is just the most amazing thing. And my kids are just great. But honestly, those weren't a lot in my, (laughs) you know, the more it was more days like, oh, my gosh, please, Lord, help me get through this day. But for Susan homeschoolers, I just think it's that just that little push, that little breath of fresh air, that just encouragement to just finish, finish this race strong. And, you know, we're giving you the, the encouragement, you know, we're giving you the curriculum just, and sometimes, you know, you might have the curriculum picked out, you know, that this is what you're going to do, you're happy with it, your kids are doing really well with it. But there's other things in the vending hall, like devotional books, or other reading books, or, you know, other things that your children would love to incorporate into the homeschooling day. And that's what I said, you know, bring the kids with you, let them see. Because sometimes, you know, quite frankly, the kids get a little, you know, they get a little fuddy-duddy too, (laughs) and they need that little push. And they need to see that they are not odd, that there are other homeschool kids their age who are going through what they're going through. And it actually encourages them too. I think that is such a powerful statement right there. The beauty of bringing your kids, I haven't I had brought my son early on when we first started homeschooling and, you know, he was like lukewarm about it. But I started bringing him this past year. And like you said earlier, you've met him before and he's re-energized. He's a freshman this year and was really starting to give me a little bit of trouble. You know, anytime I tell him to do his work or that we needed to get, you know, certain things done by the end of the week and it recharges him to go. And he's He's got a different perspective walking through the vendor hall and meeting people, you know, as a speaker's son. But he's now excited to start this year because of some of the things that he's discovered throughout this last convention season and through really some of the friends that he's made talking to them in different cities. It's been a really cool experience to see that. So like you just said, I would encourage parents to bring their kids, if at all possible, especially if they are starting to get burnt out or they're starting to feel like there might be something better or the grass might be greener over there. Like you said, your daughter had said about, I wish I had a homeschool or a high school experience because they'll see others who are excited about it and it might just get them excited again. Right, right. Yeah, we love when the children are there. And, you know, especially teenagers, our teen track is just, we have a new group coming in this year axes. And one of the things, whether your child is homeschooled or Christian school or our teen track is preparing your children for the world. A lot of times we think that they're ready, but when they hear our teen track speakers, they're like, oh, okay. And it's not, you know, growing up as a Christian, it was easy for me not to drink and party and, you know, do the other things because that's not the way I was raised. And the Bible says I shouldn't do that. And I'm a Christian. It's not that easy for kids these days, you know, because their peers are saying, well, oh, I don't agree with that. So it doesn't, you know, doesn't make it right. So our teen track is actually preparing children, giving them a foundation, a, a strong, strong, I'm sure the parents have given them the foundation, but just kind of adding on to that foundation of worldview, Christian worldview, how to talk with 
someone who might be pro-choice without arguing, you know, just without, we're called to be the light. So the teen track is giving these teens the equipment that they need to go out and face college professors, college students. And it's just amazing. And we have hundreds of kids in our teen track sessions. And those are included in the price of the family admission, right? Yes. And that's, it's so fantastic. It'd be silly not to take advantage of such a great program for, for really essentially free if you're going anyway to have your kids go through something on their own and then sit there in those rooms with other teens like them. I think that that's a great point. If I were to ask you, well, I am asking you, but if anyone were to ask you, (laughs) what would you say is your absolute favorite part of convention season every year and the conventions themselves? Oh, absolutely. The attendees. I love meeting people. I get to meet thousands and thousands of homeschoolers across the country. And I just, I just love talking with these homeschool parents, mothers, fathers. I just love to hear their hearts. I love when they encourage me and I can encourage them. And, you know, like I said earlier, Brian and I just have such hearts for the homeschooling parents because we know the struggles. But being on this side of it, we see the reward. So I love encouraging those young moms who might have four kids you know, at the convention who happen to be not as well-behaved as, quote, homeschoolers should be. I love seeing that. I love encouraging her going, that's okay. You know, I've had to walk out of grocery stores before because my kids were being bad. You know, it, it happens. And so I love, I love meeting homeschool parents. I love meeting the kids. I just think that our attendees are the greatest people on earth. And I truly mean that. And I'm not just saying that. I know their hearts. I know the struggles that some of them go through. But I also want to be that encouragement that the struggle will not last forever, that the reward is coming. And that is my favorite part of it. Now being, I guess, the old homeschooler, if you will, the one who gets to say, you know what? It's, and the thing is, I know myself. I know that I was not organized. I'm not an organized person. I'm not. I do plan. I make plans. But you know, with my plans, I felt like bribery worked better. Sometimes. <laughs> you know, I just did what I just did what I had to do. Right. You know, and I had good kids, and my children were really good. And again, I did have the support of my husband. So. That's what I I love more. I love the most is encouraging other homeschooling parents and then also being encouraged by them and seeing, you know, them and watching them. You know, I know in Cincinnati, I saw this young couple. They had 10 children. Oh, my. Oh, it gets better. (laughs) Under the age of 10. Oh. 10, 10 and under. And they were just the happiest couple. And I just loved it. I just thought they were just so magnetic. Like I have three and I thought, oh my goodness, I would be pulling my hair. Always smiling. I saw them Thursday mm-hmm. through Saturday and the smile on their face and the joy and the kids were well behaved, but they were 10 and, you know, 10 and under. I would just gravitate toward them because the joy that they had. And that is my favorite part is our attendees. Yeah, that's a great story too. And like you, sometimes I don't know that I can make it with four. So you think about that. Oh, 
That's amazing. Fantastic. All right. Are you ready for a, a quick pop quiz? You got to say the first thing that oh. comes to mind here. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So these are these are the fast five questions, the quick things that I just want okay. you to think about what the first thing is that pops in your mind. So you just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? Probably jewelry. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of jewelry? I love bracelets. I love bracelets and earrings, but I'm, I'm not a matchy person. So very seldom will you ever see my earrings match my necklace or my necklace match my bracelet. And I do wear matchy stuff, but only if it's a gift. That's fun. I'm going to watch for that now next season. Every time I see you, I'm going to see the combination of jewelry that you have on. That's so fun. Okay. Your favorite family game night game? Poker. Poker. That's fun. That's uh, well, we had a homeschooled teenager teach us how to do it. And we just, the kids and I just love doing it. And we don't use money or anything, but we would just play to see who had the best hand and who could, who had the best poker face, if you will. So yeah, that's fun. Um, my husband's family grew up playing and they, and we still do it. They grew up playing pinnacle together and they back, gosh, when great grandma was alive. They had they started a pinnacle tournament and still have a trophy that gets passed to the winner of the tournament oh. every single year. The Kessler oh, pinnacle tournament. Awesome. Isn't that fun? So that poker's is awesome. A, that is so fun. Well, and poker is a great game because you can play that long into your kid's adulthood. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. fun. It's the best way to spend the day with your kids. Now or now. homeschooling? Now. What would you say now? Just having them here, just sitting around the table, just eating, just no phones on. Nobody can have their phone. We just sit here. We eat. We laugh. We talk. We reminisce. We talk about the future. That is my favorite part. And you were telling me before we started recording that you got a special ace up your hole now, right? Or an ace up your sleeve oh, to get your yes, kids back. Yes. Yes. When my son got married, he and his wife, you know, I would say, let's have dinner every Sunday. Well, they're so busy. They have something, like I said, he's my social one. And he just flippantly one day told me that if we had a dog, that they would be here more often. So after much prayer and much (laughs) research, I surprised everybody with a puppy last Wednesday. And he and his wife have been at my house three times in the last five days. I, so abs- it <laughs> I absolutely love that. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to file that one away. So when I need to get my kids to stay home with me more, maybe when my teens want to be away more than they want to be home, I'm going to say, this is the time to get a puppy. <laughs> That's so great. What are you reading yeah. right now? I am reading The Green Embers by Esty Smith. Those are so um, good. Es- yes. Esty is one of he spoke at our conventions this year and he will be speaking next year. And just the following that he has and mm-hmm. just the amazing things that I've heard about these books. And I know they're children's books. I'm like, I've got to read these books because I do. I mentored these girls years ago. They are now mothers and have children. And between two of the girls, they have three little boys. Liam will be four. Gibson is two and a half. And Harrison is one. And they call me Gigi. Mm-hmm. And when they come over here, I always have books to read. So I was really interested in his books, his book series, because he was that popular at the conventions. Mm-hmm. Lines and lines of people. He would speak and people would just come and stand in line and just 
I was just kind of curious. So I decided that I'm going to read his books. <laughs> They're so good. And he is, he's a great speaker. Do you know, um, my 10-year-old went to hear him speak in Ontario, in California last year. Oh, And mm-hmm. he was speaking at the same time as I was. And so Molly had met him earlier in the day and they were fast friends. I Anytime I couldn't find Molly, I just looked at at um, his booth and she was there helping him out. <laughs> she walked over with him so I could go to my own room and, and he took her over and she passed out, you know, flyers for him and took notes. Aww. She took these hilarious notes about what it is to grow up and to be a writer. And it was oh. just fabulous. He's so good with kids and he's such a great writer yeah. and a phenomenal person. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him again. So good choices. Yes. I hope you like this. Yes. <laughs> So, okay, I've got to have blank to get me through the day. Fill in the blank. A lot of Jesus and a little coffee. (laughs) I love me some coffee too. Love me some Jesus too. Yes, yes. Good answers there. Gotta have, yes. (laughs) Well, this has been a lot of fun for me, but I want you to take a second and tell listeners where they can find out more information about the Great Homeschool Conventions and stay up to date with any information you have to share and be the first to know about when tickets go on sale? Tickets, hopefully, for all five conventions will go on sale October 1st. Okay. You can go to www.greathomeschoolconventions.com and sign up for our newsletter, our email. I guess it's our email and we send out a notifications when early birds will start. If you get the early birds, you save quite a bit of money on your registration. A registration is for the parents of homeschool children, and the grandparents of homeschool children. So you can actually bring your children's grandparents to the conventions and they can hear different speakers and walk the exhibit hall. And I like that because sometimes grandparents aren't always on board with what you're doing. But once they come and meet the other homeschool families and see everything that's available for their grandchildren, and hear the speakers, then they quickly, they quickly support what a homeschooling parent is doing. But if anybody wants to go to www.greathomeschoolconventions.com, like I said, all registrations will go on sale October the 1st. We have five conventions this year, Fort Worth, Texas, Greenville, South Carolina, Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm trying to do them in order, (laughs) Ontario, California, and St. Charles, Missouri. So this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so, so much. And I will see you in March. Great. Thank you, Colleen. Well, there you have it. What a fun interview. Mary Jo Dean of the Great Homeschool Conventions is such a fun person to talk to. So much wisdom. So, so many great stories. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys out on the convention trail. I hope that you're going to be out there at one of the five great homeschool conventions. Make sure you stop and take a look around the exhibit hall and try to find Pam and I. Check out our talks. We're looking forward to connecting with a lot of you in person. And then make sure, too, when you're out there, you stop by and let Mary Jo know what you want to see at future homeschool conventions. In the meantime, though... You can find out all of the information that uh, Mary Jo and I talked about. You can find links to it at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP54. You can find out more about me, including my talk titles for this coming season. 
at RaisingLifelongLearners.com. You can click on my speaking page and you can find out what talk topics I will be debuting this year at the 2018 Great Homeschool Conventions. And then on the show notes page at Pam's site, you can find out all that you need to know about early bird tickets and prices, along with regular season prices. So we are looking forward to seeing you. In the meantime, love on your kids. Have a great homeschool week and keep on homeschooling. Homeschooling.